Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Theater in College Hoops. I'm Subi. Alongside me is Taylor Damel and the Shark. We're brought to you by Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel and the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go subscribe on whichever device you use. So here is where I would usually say so-and-so subscribes, obviously in jest, uh, our our feeble attempt at some humor here. But we've started to tag these people on Twitter, essentially these random college basketball names. We've started to tag them on Twitter, so I don't want them to randomly stumble on their mentions, open up our audio, and then be like, what the hell are these guys talking about? I do not subscribe uh, to whatever they're spewing. So instead of saying... X, Y, and Z subscribes. I'll just say your weekly random college hooper, hooper of the week, uh, Joe Airbear. Joe Airbear, a much forgotten player from that West Virginia John Beeline team. Everyone thinks about Beeline. Everyone thinks about even Mike Gansey, Pitsnoggle. Don't forget about Joe Airbear, please. Joe Airbear, your random college hooper of the week. Check out the website at thebarnburner.com. That's the-barnburner.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feet is and make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Dammel and the shark at V underscore shark underscore BB. Let's open the curtains. Fellas, do you remember sometime last year we were having a discussion about airports across the country? I think we even tried to relate some of these airports to teams or even players, and we essentially went through a power ranking of them because we're all pretty well-traveled, especially the Shark, who, who's been on in, in different airports for business quite often. I don't think I've ever been in contact with him, though, when he's been so downtrodden then downtrodden, excuse me, that he was on Sunday in Vegas uh, at McCarran Airport. Shark, you had some grievances. Yeah, it's the one of the worst airports I've ever been to, functionally set up in a way that is designed to just ruin your week, ruin your weekend. It's the last thing that you're going to see as you're leaving that city. Um, and it was just an absolute disaster for me in McCarran Airport. To tell, I, I mean, I, I'll go back six years on this one. Six years ago, I was in um, Rio de Janeiro, actually. And as I was there, I was in the fantasy football playoffs, and I was really into it. I was trying to win, and my team just falls apart. Everyone's felt this pain except for you, Sub. You don't play fantasy football, but like when your team just does not live up to expectations, you invest in it, and then every, you do everything right, then they fall apart. And while I was there, I was along the Copacabana Beach, and I had something called the Copacabana Epiphany, where I just sat there, and I was wondering, what the hell am I doing? Why do I care about this? This is so meaningless. Why do I care? Well. 
that brings us to this past Sunday when I was in McCarran Airport because, as everyone knows, I'm I'm a Washington football f- team fan. I always have been. I always will be. But this McCarran epiphany was basically me questioning why I still do this. Uh, if you followed the game, I know we're a college basketball podcast, so shut the hell up and let me finish my point. But as I'm walking through, Kyle Allen's marching the team down the field. If we win. We're, 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 you know, a stone's throw out of first place. We're right behind the Cowboys. We've got a huge game upcoming this Sunday between two, two and four teams. If we win that game, we're on the 30 yard line. And this guy just has the worst possible fumble you can ever imagine scooped and scored by the last pick in the draft this past year. Why does that happen to the giants? Like these giants fans think that they've had it rough. And like, I, I cannot even envision a scenario where a football team player would ever force a play like that and take it to the house the other way to win the game. So I, I'm just sitting there. I, my knees buckled when I saw it show up on my iPad as I'm sitting outside at some shitty bar in McCarran Airport where you know everything's super socially distanced. You can't find the game on anywhere. So you're hacking into the iPad over here. I'm walking down the terminals with, uh, you know, looking at it on my in one hand, trying to monitor my way through this absurd airport, which, by the way, once you get there to get to the terminal, you got to take a train to get to the terminal, each terminal. Like there's no central hub here where we can turn right and be in one terminal or turn left and be in the other terminal. There's no great sports bars. It was just a terrible, terrible experience. You know, throw that on top of Tennessee, getting blown out by Kentucky, Boston College, getting blown out by Virginia Tech. I'm taking body blow after body blow. And it's just I'm sitting here in McCarran and I look around at these scrubs to my left and these hacks to my right. And I'm wondering, what the hell am I doing? Why do I care so much? So that's where I'm at. And Taylor, I don't want you, you complain one bit about Green Bay losing. Uh, get the hell out of my face. You walk two miles in my shoes. You do six years in my shoes and tell me if you can ever experience the football pain that I've experienced because nobody can. The vitriol. I mean, that was an epic performance right there. If I was a stage director, this is a theater show, right? If I was a director, I would say you can't capture that. I hope the cameras were rolling. That was fantastic. I mean, I don't have, I have, I have no complaints about Green Bay losing a game. I mean, you can't go undefeated necessarily. Yeah, so uh, you have I'm a great glad you guys are taking, yeah, you guys are taking enjoyment out of this. And it's just, I'm, it's Tuesday. I'm going to go to Wednesday. I'm going to feel the exact same. And the next thing's going to happen on Sunday again. Like it's just a cycle keeps happening. Over hey, and over again. You know, if, if I may be, uh, I guess the optimist here, all of the NFC East play teams play each other this next weekend. Right. So it could be they could still come out in first place after this yeah, weekend. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not going to happen. Uh, Daniel Jones, his career record in the NFL is just horrible, but he's three and zero against the football team. So take away the football team games, and he's just going to dominate. And it's just uh, you know, you guys were asking me about this earlier today about how I keep saying football team, and everyone's probably wondering why isn't he saying Redskins? Like I thought he'd be the kind of guy that would say it. I, I'm I'm embracing it, but uh, Taylor tells me before the show, hey, there's talk of them being the football team for again next year to which point i say i mean what the hell is our new president this guy that he's like the brilliant guy he worked at some consulting company jason wright he's so impressive he went to northwestern he played in the league what the hell you been doing for the past six weeks if you haven't figured out a game plan to figure out our new team name i mean the football team kind of sucks as a team name it's not like there's any fans in the stadium so monday through sunday what are you doing i i i I know one thing he's doing because i'm on some hit list where this person named, you know, shows up on my phone. She calls me and she texts me every single day asking me if I want to buy tickets for 2021. I'll tell you what, Kristen, I don't want your fucking tickets for 2021. Come up with the team name and then we can talk. But honestly, it's like a spam stage five clinger at this point where she is all up and on me about anything. It's, hey, it's Kristen again. Uh, Kristen, I'm not answering. All right. Get that through your head. But it's probably Jason Wright pushing, pushing the envelope, pushing the envelope. Come up with the team name. So let me ask you, what's worse, those type of texts or texts uh, endorsing a political candidate? Because we've been getting a lot of them. Like, hey, I've been getting a bunch of, hey, Taryn, this is uh, so-and-so from AZ Dems, AZ Republicans, because I don't know, because I used to live there. Fine. But would you rather those texts unless you're getting those in addition to to our girl, Kristen? I I would rather those. Let, Let me read you the one I got today. Let me ask you something. If you can think of a worse place to be than this offer right here, it says, do you want to spend $25 to go to a virtual tailgate Sunday at 11 a.m. with former football player Fred Smoot? Do you, you want to do that? You want to do like a Zoom with Fred Smoot for 25 bucks where the winner can get the 20? <laughs> this is what you win. You win 25 in gift cards to the team store. I can't think of anything I'd want to do less than that. 
What a there's even, there's even a picture. There's even a picture for you if you want to visualize yourself there. $25 to the team store when you don't even have a name locked up. So yeah. when, when <laughs> I, I don't understand how, how are they able to rebrand a football team in like 24 hours? But now they've been given what is essentially 18 months to come up with a new name. Yeah, I mean, that's my point. And, yeah, no, I know that's, I'm, I'm just reiterating that. Like, uh, you know what it probably was? They're probably just coming out for air out of the war room with this Fred Smoot raffle that they just put on, <laughs> you know, they had to plan that one for three weeks. <laughs> Fred, Smoot is Fred, Fred Smoot's an all-time favorite of mine though i must say yeah. he's got um, a great name but i mean so so the original point though was about mccarran airport and taylor as the independent arbitrator i might need to get your thoughts on this because i always say that any post vegas time spent in an airport, in a car, whenever you're leaving Vegas, it's going to be terrible. You could be in the most beautiful location ever. You could be in the most serene place. But after a weekend in Vegas, you're just going to feel like shit no matter where you are. So I thought this was uh, this was, this was was criticism towards McCarran that was misplaced. I think McCarran's a solid airport, generally speaking. No. You're not a fan of McCarran? You're wrong. You're wrong. Here's what I think that they decided with McCarran and they pretty much thought everybody's showing up 15 minutes before like the, the doors close on their flights and like blacked out or so hungover that they don't care. So that why are we going to sink all this money into the airport when people are literally just like rolling in and having to be like wheelchaired onto the planes I've had to, and maybe a worse situation. I've had to have several layovers through McCarran before which is even worse because then you have to try and kill like two or three hours in there at times sometimes. And that's almost a bigger disaster, at least with your, when you're on the strip and you're coming in to the airport, you're like, Oh, okay. I know this airport is trash. There's nothing to do there. If you're, if you're laying over there, there's no solace for you or there's nothing to, to take solace in. I mean, unless you want to go lose like a hundred bucks on a slot machine, which I've done a number of times in that airport, but trash airport, just trash airport. I did see some lady last time I was there, which was actually only like six weeks or two months ago. Um, that one that almost missed her flight because she got so many free spins on one of the slot machines there. And she kept winning more free spins and more free spins. And she, her dollar total was going like 300, 400. And she was like wanting it to end because they were doing like the final gate call for her flight. So here's, I guess here's a question to you guys. If you're at McCarran and you've got like a hundred free spins left on the slot machine and your, your money's still going up, you miss that flight, right? Yes. You have to. Absolutely. Miss that flight. Figure it out another time. And maybe even, maybe even you could plead with the flight attendants. Like, Hey, you guys wouldn't even let me get away from the slot machine. Give me some sort of voucher. I think you got it. You got it. I, do I that. think you have to miss that flight. Shark. No, whatever. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I would probably try to negotiate my way out of it where I'd posture up to the people around me and say, I'm going to stay here, but you can buy me out if you give me this much money. So there's kind of an incentive right there. I'll negotiate my way out of that scenario. But yeah. that verdict the- is in then. Verdict is in about McCarran. I, I genuinely just thought it was because everyone has a shitty time post Vegas, and both things can be true. Yeah. Uh, I just, and I just want to go back to that sports bar. Part that shark noted there there really is just no good place to like sit down and have a beer there especially no. in in covid times it's just a disaster yeah it was bad it was bad let's turn the page shark. though yeah, i like that yeah power power forward uh po- power of positive thinking moving forward shark coming out hot there but let's talk a little bit about college basketball here the past week not as much going on as weeks prior, but we did have some additional developments in the Greg Marshall allegations and the story that we discussed last week. Taylor, I'll turn it over to you. What were some of those new allegations or uh, new revelations here with Greg Marshall? Well, I mean, it's it's not so much to add at this point because the story only came out just several hours before this recording. Uh, apparently... Uh, some players or a player at Winthrop where Greg Marshall used to coach has now come out and, and said that he was abusive while he was at Winthrop. Um, this kind of goes to the point that Shark was making on the last episode, though, of 
kind of why is this stuff just coming out now, which is kind of a debate that always happens with no matter what whatever late allegations there there may be about people. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that here, uh, you know, the more stuff that this comes out, the less likely I think that he co- continues to coach, I guess, is the only point that I, I would make is if there's another player that comes out at Winthrop or another player that comes out at Wichita State, the, the more things that are said, the less likely it is for him to coach, I guess, would be the only thing I would say. Yeah. I'm, I, when did he coach at Winthrop? Like, when did he leave there? It looks like he left in 2007. So we're talking about 13 years ago. So, again, I, it's – I mean, it's a, it's the college basketball equivalent of a me too, right? It, it's exactly that. Some guy coming out saying me too, but obviously a different scenario uh, that we're talking about here. One is much more um, less serious, I would say. But at the same time, what is the point of bottling that up? What what is this person afraid of coming out with 13 years later? Why doesn't he say it after the fact if he was that concerned? So I, I don't know, get into motives and the psychology of all this stuff. Uh, I, I can't say I'm surprised that this would have happened, um, but it's going to keep happening to you, Greg. Where was he the, before that? Uh, looks like he was coaching at, as an assistant at Marshall in 1998. So, so I, Sorry, not to interrupt. Here's a little bit more of the story that I, I found because it is behind a paywall at the athletic and our budget here at the uh, here at the <laughs> theater and college hoops doesn't support us. Uh, well, hold on, that, I, that, I like read, an athletic yet. I read yeah, shark, sharks and athletic reader. <laughs> okay, okay, that. never. Okay, well anyway, okay, well, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Okay. No what? No <laughs> wonder. No wonder you you only are going to get twenty five dollars suspended. Exactly. Bucket store or whatever. Washington <laughs> Oh, that's right. You you do tout that you are a subscriber to the Washington Post as well. Um, so I guess uh, while he was at Winthrop, he had all of his players over for his son Kellen's birthday, and uh, the kids, you know, the ball players, were outside uh, playing wiffle ball, and the bat cracked, and um, the players said that they would get Kellen, the, the son, uh, a new wiffle ball bat. Uh, and I guess Marshall came out, uh, grew angry, grabbed one of his players by the shirt, and threw him against a wall. The other players intervened and separated them. And then apparently Marshall's wife said something to the effect of, I just hate when he gets like this. Here's here's my thing about Greg Marshall. I, I don't I don't know. Here's my thing about Greg Marshall. It's like some of these allegations are almost just too tall for me to wrap my head around and be like, can a grown man college coach do this? Really? If we take a look at all of grown men and college coaches, would they be able and capable of doing this? And then I'm like, probably not. But then you look at Greg Marshall and his behavior. And then you say to yourself, actually, if there's one guy, if we were to have our own award show guy, most likely at his kid's birthday to grab his players by the shirt collar and cause a scene, it's probably Greg Marshall. Is it not? Uh, maybe Bob Huggins. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about I've, Bob Huggins. Yeah, I feel like I, Huggy's a little bit more reserved. Maybe maybe in the past, but I think now he's a little older and wiser. Yeah. But I also but isn't think that I, the same argument for Greg Marshall? Like he hasn't been really that crazy of late. He just tried to fight that not? guy like last year, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> On that other coach yeah. like last year. I guess the only thing I, I – I, this isn't exactly what, what you're saying, so I'm not disagreeing with you, Sue, but – it is a would be a very oddly specific thing to make up, right? If you were one of these players or whatever, like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to formulate this birthday party that we were at, and I mean, it just seems like an extremely specific thing to have remembered. That I, I don't know how you would decide that was the story you were going to come up with if you were just making shit up. I I, I don't know. It just seems very specific. So to your point about some of these new allegations coming out, these new stories, you think that the screw is getting or is getting driven home a little bit harder into his college, you know, into the coffin that it might potentially be his college basketball coaching career. I disagree. I think he gets further and further away from being terminated or even being suspended. Again, he issued a statement this week 
or maybe it was even last week, his players have come to his defense, and now we're getting some stories here as well. And I, I think to Shark's point, some people might just be wary. Some people might say, well, you know what? That was at Winthrop prior to him being at Wichita. That that probably won't matter. Wichita probably only cares about what happened at Wichita State. Uh, this Obviously, it hasn't changed my opinion from last week's show. It hasn't changed your opinion, Taylor, on his his coaching outlook or his coaching career in terms of whether or not he's going to stay with the program. Shark, has this changed your your thought process either way? No, I think it probably – I think the birthday party and the very specific facts, I think that probably did happen. Kind of like uh, – I mean, I was hoping it would be a better, better story uh, in line with the Bo Callahan. Nobody went to his birthday party. I was hoping it would some, be something like that, but it was I'm glad you intertwined draft day, baby. I was thinking yeah. that too. Which – let me say it's due for a rewatch right now. I know uh, the ringer did a rewatchables on that, but I got to rewatch draft day. Fonte Mack, no matter what, but back to my point. Rest um, in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Yes. Very good. I want, uh, what I was going to say is it was probably, it probably happened. And a very specific memory like that is something that whoever that player can probably think it up and say, maybe there was a small argument. Maybe he was drinking for the scenario where uh, we go with Taylor's route where he does get fired. Then all of a sudden we got a guy on the record saying this also happened to me who may have had a who knows what he did in his life. Maybe his life wasn't didn't go the way he planned, at which point he can then potentially sue Greg Marshall for what happened because there's a validated firing and everything that happened. So that could be the game plan that's happening. And that could be what people are thinking. I mean, it's naive to think that that kind of stuff does not happen in the real world. Uh, I'm just laying out a theory and letting you grab onto it if you want to grab onto it. But. It seems like Marshall's adamant about his innocence and there's people going to his defense and they're, you know, the, the wolves are going to come out when they have to in scenarios like this as well. Well, and not to beat a dead horse of making the same kind of point that I was making last week, but kind of extrapolating on what you just said, if Wichita state wants to fire him, they probably need more, as many of these stories as possible to yep. come out so they can fire him for, uh, for cause or whatever their contract may say. So if they're doing a, a, an internal investigation or, you know, if they're having now an independent investigation, I can't remember which one they're into now. They, there might be, they might be trying to dig up as much shit as possible is so they can say, Greg, sorry, dog, you're out. We don't owe you shit. Peace out. Another great birthday party scene. This has nothing to do with Marshall, but another great birthday party scene, kids birthday party scene that I'm thinking of is an old school when uh, Beanie's kid has his birthday, and then you got Frank the Tank stumbling around with a tranquilizer bullet in his neck. So I'm just picturing, you know, we got Craig Kilborn cheating on his wife in the bathroom. I picture Greg Marshall closer to Kilborn uh, than anyone else, but that's just sort of the scene that I'm saying. Just some some birthday party gone awry, uh, and and we got Greggy Marshall here going insane. To keep digging off that, love the scene in old school when they re-gift the toaster oven to Max, where Frank gets it for his wedding, takes it on the wedding, brings it to Max's birthday, gifts a toaster machine to Max. Love that move. Great wrinkle, wrinkle re-gifting gifts. Let me dig just really, really quick a little bit further. Taylor, his last point, he said, quote, not to beat a dead horse. The horse wasn't necessarily dead but the horse was tranquilized in the old school uh, birthday party scene. This is a nice look in, into the uh, mind of, of a sick, sick puppy right here. Theater goers seek help. <laughs> uh, all right. So that is the latest on Greg Marshall. Let's discuss some other news and notes. Sylvia D'Souza. He has opted out of playing basketball. He's left the program, the Kansas Jayhawk, uh, after he joined the team midway through the 2017-2018 season and helped them get to a Final Four. He then had to sit out the following season. Uh, and then this past season, he was suspended for 12 games for his role, his probably sole role, uh, in the brawl against Kansas State. I think we all remember that. That might have been one of the last memories of regular season college basketball from this past year. Taylor, I'll, I'll go to you first. Your thoughts on Sylvia Souza and his whole, well, I, I've guy was there for three years and I still couldn't nail down his last name, Souza or Souza. Uh, but Taylor, your thoughts on just his entire career trajectory there at Kansas. It seemed like it was a firework waiting to, you know, go off into the night sky, but it was just kind of a dud. Yeah, it's really one of the more strange uh, career paths in almost the history of 
college basketball with the, you know, is he playing? Is he not playing? Being suspended now leaving. Um, you know, I, I obviously just like anything else remains to be seen how big of an impact it's going to have on Kansas as a whole, probably pretty big because they're going to have to rely on, uh, uh, like Mitch Lightfoot pretty much as one of their bigs, uh, Lightfoot's still there. Yeah. No, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> right. Uh, and then they have, uh, they have a, a freshman Jethro Muscaden or Muscaden. So Jethro and Lightfoot are going to have to potentially be the, the, the bigs down low. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think it's probably gonna have a pretty decent effect on them, but it's, uh, you know, it's still Kansas and it's still, they're still going to be annoyingly consistent and the big 12 teams are still all going to be huge pussies when they play them, uh, especially with the conference on the line. I don't see that particularly changing. Um, not to bring football up again, but the Seattle Seahawks this year remind me a lot of Big 12 schools playing Kansas. Or it's like, oh, we're playing this team. Let's just hand them the opportunity to win the conference or win the game or whatever. Uh, so is it going to be a big impact? Yes. I'm not sure it's going to have a huge impact of, say, winning the conference. But I think it's going to have a huge impact in, say, uh, you know, their tournament projection. if Because they're obviously he's really good and he's... Uh, you know, one of their big men that would have provided a lot of depth. Before we get your thoughts here, Shark, are you saying that the, I mean, Seattle in your comparison here are, is Kansas, correct? Correct. Okay. I was, okay. I thought you had phrased right. it like Seattle was the opponents. Of no, no, no. We're teams, yeah. we're teams at the end They're of the, the game. They're the factor. Just, they just go, oh, sure. We, why don't you guys win this game instead? We didn't even want to win this game. Go ahead, Russ, or go ahead, Bill Self. Do whatever you want. Shark, what are your thoughts on uh, the Sylvia DeSouza fallout here? I don't even know why we're talking about him. Like at some point, we got to admit that this guy stinks, and he was a, he's been a massive bust. Taylor, you're talking about how good he's been. He's never been good for Kansas. I mean, he's been a rotational guy, and he's been a distraction. Um, so you pull his numbers. He's he's been there two and a half seasons. Didn't he show up early after being a highly touted recruit? Uh, and then he get, there's a suspension at some point. And then every time he's been there, he's only been good for some athletic plays and a dunk or two. But, I mean, Yudoke Azubuke was the one that completely overshadowed him. They have another guy in David McCormick that's going to be pretty decent for them as well. So those are people that deserve the attention. This guy, I mean, I can't think of him more. Uh, like, what did he do to deserve this much attention from the national community of college basketball fans? Well, a I, name. I, he's got a cool name. I think that's honestly it. Yeah, he's got I was, good alliteration in the name. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that, you know, my thought behind that was he was finally going to have like a legitimately like full year uh, to shine given like the off season, finally stepping into a role where he could uh, play the majority of the minutes because he's just had such a strange, he's had such a strange path where he hasn't even really been with the team for a lot of those years that he was quote unquote, you know, he was there, but, but what was his, what was his yeah, involvement? I, was it his fault? You know, there was obviously was still a lot of talent that, that was there. So my thought behind that was this was the year that he could have finally stepped into and, and seen and really, you know, I guess realized that talent, but I, but your take is completely legitimate as well. There's nothing to necessarily back that up. That's just me projecting of what could have been, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm aligned with the Shark in terms of his on-court play because I remember when he stepped on the floor during that Final Four game against Villanova where they kind of got, got run out of the gym by all those threes. Uh, but I remember saying, okay, this is probably the start. You see a lot of these players come in when they're young into big-time games like the Final Four, even the title game. You look back at a guy like Grayson Allen, and then you expect, okay, remember what he did and how he appeared in this Final Four game. It never really took off for DeSouza, and some of that is self-inflicted. Think back to the Kansas State game. Some of that, you can argue, is not self-inflicted. The FBI investigation where he was suspended for a full year. This is just your classic case of a guy who never really, like you said, Taylor, got a full shot, got a, a, some momentum heading into the season. It just seemed incredibly disjointed his entire career. And if you look back, at some of these recruits that Kansas especially has. And it should be noted, he left for personal reasons. So, you know, we obviously want to wish him the best, and we don't want to speculate on that. But And we hope he gets better. But if you look at a guy like Billy Preston, 
that was a, a highly touted recruit for Kansas and Bill Self. And then there was some issues with the with uh, I don't know illegal benefits, driving a car, crashed a car, something like that. Legerald Vic, I think, left for personal reasons as well. So these are these are just in very recent memory three guys that I can think of off the top of my head. Where you know I'm not. This isn't blaming Bill Self. This isn't blaming Kansas. But it seems to me that Kansas has these big time names, and they hit on quite a bit. But they also have some of these where, and you know, Shark, you said, why are we discussing him? In recent memory, in the college basketball landscape, I'm not sure if there were uh, other players that were as highly touted as DeSosa, sort of, you know, I hate to use this term, flame out as, as badly as he did. No, I, I think there, it's fair to bring him up, and it's not – he's definitely in the news for whatever reasons, and I, it may not be his fault that all of this happened. It's just from in terms of on-court production in the college level, he's been – we've seen three years of it at this point. He doesn't really deserve the attention for leaving a program because he's not that much of a difference maker. He's probably been screwed by the timing of, you know, all of these young kids that are coming out of high school that are elite athletes and elite prospects. D'Souza probably would have been a perfect candidate to be someone to jump right to the D League or go overseas and play like the the big trend right now to do. Uh, for whatever reason, college basketball probably wasn't the right place for him to go. Maybe he still has a future afterwards um, playing professionally. I'm sure he's talented enough, but in terms of how this is going to impact the Kansas program, it's not. I mean, they've been able to function without him for a while, and I'm sure Bill Self has been prepared to live without with life without him for a long time. You know, he did, just in his defense, I guess, he did show some flashes. You know, in the Big 12 tournament his freshman year, to win, they won the Big 12 tournament. He had 6-8, and 8-11, eight, eight and 11, and 16-10 and 10 against a ranked West Virginia team in the championship game. And that was, again, he only played half of that freshman year. So he's really only played 38 college basketball games, which is one season. And that's legitimately exactly one season. So he showed, like, I guess some flashes in some games that he would have been good. And if if you're – let's just put it this way, right? If you had a freshman center who had played – 38 total basketball games. Even if you said their career stats were only three and three, which is what his career stats are. If you had a freshman center that in a big 12 championships game championship game that you won by 11 and he had 16 and 11 in like 24 minutes, we'd be going into the next season saying this guy could be a stud. Uh, And I know that that's not exactly the right analogy for this situation, but I, I still think that he would have provided a little bit for Kansas this year. Like I said, they're still going to win the conference or have an opportunity to win the conference. I, I would just think that the only way it's going to affect him is if they need one more big in like a tournament appearance and a tournament setting. Well, so that that goes to my point of whenever we look at the outlook of a season and, and we're actually going to be doing some previews starting next week, we always hearken back to some big time performances from the previous year from guys that you may not know. And I remember vividly that final four on-court appearance against Villanova. He, he, he didn't necessarily stuff the stat sheet, uh, but you thought, oh, shit, him, Doak. And then he got suspended. I think Doak got hurt. Uh, maybe that was the, the, the following year, I forget. But Kansas big men uh, haven't necessarily panned out. And I also want to add one other player I mentioned, Billy Preston. I mentioned Larry Gerald Vick. Now DeSosa. Also remember Cl- Cliff Alexander. Huge recruit out of uh, Chicago, or at least Illinois. Uh, I, actually, Cliff Alexander has an all-time uh, recruit video or when he chooses what team he wants to go to. He like fiends going for the Illinois hat and just completely spurns them. Ends up going to Kansas. Uh, Illinois fans now having the last laugh at that. But that's just another another uh, example right there. So, yeah, Sylvia DeSosa opting out, citing personal issues. We wish him the best. Now, Taylor, you want to jump in here. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, just think about this, though, in in terms of like NCAA allegations and how we think about different teams and who's a cheater and who's not. We just listed every Kansas big man that have all been suspended or not become eligible because of like illegal benefits. And, you know, like, does it even matter if you do? I mean, these guys trotted Snoop Dogg onto Midnight Madness last year wearing a complete Adidas shit in the face of allegations and pretty much just said, fuck you guys. So it's the fact that we have this many recent examples of Kansas big men specifically that have all been 
you know, rumored to have had illegal benefits shows how little like it actually matters if you have this stuff or not in terms of like recruiting or trajectory of your program. Well, it doesn't matter if you're a big program, obviously, like Kansas is, but that's a perfect segue because I want to talk really quickly about UMass. UMass uh, apparently being stripped of some victories in men's basketball and women's tennis. Yes, we have some UMass listeners. We obviously highlight our Rhode Island listeners and Providence College animals. Uh, But UMass uh, is getting stripped of some victories for overpaying 12 athletes about $9,100 extra in financial aid over three years. They've imposed a two-year probation on UMass uh, that will end October 2022. Uh, Shark, any thoughts on this UMass quote-unquote scandal? I feel like you were the team to have buried them for the past six years. Last time UMass was any good was in 2014 when they succumbed to the Vols in the tournament. Yeah, I find it funny that I mean, first of all, this news story, a UMass scandal, it's just so irrelevant that it, I, it doesn't even make its way to me. So I, I find that part just funny right there. Even when you're cheating, I barely even notice. Um, it does go back to 2014, though, when they first started overpaying people and their little Ponzi scheme that they were doing for uh, their tennis squad and Chaz Williams UMass program. Um, it didn't work out for them when they were six seed facing Tennessee in the first round of the 2014 turn, 14 tournament as well uh tennessee blew him out by about 25 josh richardson um you know jarnell stokes drawn mayman but you're overpaying for your guys didn't work out too well in that scenario so i mean hey i i think if you're uh i think we should certainly in the interest of justice wipe out whatever wins that they had that year vacate their tournament appearance as if they were even in the tournament in the first place uh, and move on from there because, hey, I, I, you could take one look at Derek Kellogg and say this guy is probably cutting a cut an A corner. I don't know which corner it is. Apparently, it's a very irrelevant corner that he was cutting, but they caught him anyways. So, I'd like I, to pro- I'd like to uh, to propose us creating awards, right? And then at the end of each year, we give out awards. So, you know, for Greg Marshall, we said guy most likely to cause a scene and take his players by the shirt collar at his uh, kid's birthday, Greg Marshall Award, Derek Kellogg Award, who looks like the biggest wise guy in college basketball, right? Is it Patino? Is it Kellogg? Some of these guys. So I I think we need to start having that percolate, fellas. I, I'm in. I, I just want to point out that, that how funny this is that the 13, so 12 athletes were affected, 13 total payments. Th- those 13 payments are $700 a piece. So they, those are like that's like accidentally sending one more scholarship check to to athletes, and they're vacant. And we we just talked about Kansas players who probably pocketed hundreds of thousands of dollars just between the three of them, and like cars and houses and shit. And the NCA was so pissed off at Bill Self that they vacated fifty six of UMass's basketball wins for seven hundred dollars to a women's tennis player. Although they did have to vacate their women's conference championship in tennis that year too so that you can't you can't put a monetary value on something like that i think this really does illustrate the institutional operation that big schools and big programs have versus uh, amateurs like umass over here i mean take arizona and take lsu there was a freaking HBO documentary that came out where the guy is playing the wiretap phones for all of us to listen to. Yet, from my knowledge, I don't think anything's happened to you guys just yet. And both those guys are still coaching the team. Meanwhile, you got Derek Kellogg over in the other corner cutting checks for about 300 bucks over the course of four years to someone else. And I, I, I'm making the joke of Derek Kellogg. I don't know if he actually did any of this stuff, but he was coaching there at one point. But just goes to show you got to have a better operation than this. You know, you want to be a mob, then you got to be a mob. You got to have fall guys built in. You got to have um, the plausible deniability. You got to have checks and balances. You can't flop, you know, six years after the fact when you're only getting caught holding, you know, swiping up up four bucks at more than you should. So I guess credit to Arizona and LSU for this bunkering is, down. This is a great PSA also for seniors in high school. Go to, if you want to have fun at least, right? There's obviously other criteria in choosing a university or a college, but go to one that's in a power five or power six school. school. 
Okay. Because you're going to be able to get away with this shit for the most part, unless you're egregious like Louisville. Um, but, I mean, $9,100 is what? You think a normal basketball team probably spends about $9,000 just in like Gatorade and water bottles alone for like a college basketball team. It's hysterical. And probably I feel probably like, somewhere around there, or like in laundry for like the I, towels they use. <laughs> I feel like on both ends, both ends of the spectrum, right? Your small school or your not power school, they have to have someone be made an example of, and that's UMass. They fucked UMass in the mid-90s. They made them take down their banners. Now they're doing it here. And then Louisville on the other end of the spectrum, the big school, they're like, okay, you guys just can't stand by and let you keep doing this. So I was looking at future... Uh, tournament sites today because uh, Vegas and T-Mobile Arena just got announced as uh, a regional uh, final for the NCAA tournament, I think in 2026. And I was thinking to myself, you know, the amount of money that these schools and like spend on and the NCAA spends on like rooms in Vegas at like the fucking Venetian or wherever for these players just to go play there. And then UMass is getting sanctioned for $700 checks essentially. Well, I just, I, I, this gets even better as I actually read this story. Um, probably should have done that before the show, but here I am. UMass initiated the investigation. They basically were tattling on themselves because Kellogg supposedly gave players, they gave them way too many free tickets to on-campus count concerts. So then the NCAA investigates whether or not it's like giving out the free, the free hookups to Wale or whatever it's going to be. And then it turns out the NCAA comes back and says, yeah, you know, uh, you're good on the concerts, but you have been overpaying $9,100 over <laughs> these years. So they they ratted on themselves for something that the NCAA didn't even care about. And they got into trouble for, <laughs> for opening the doors. <laughs> That's do you think do you think that file comes across some guys on the NCAA's desk and is like, what? Like, why are, do I have to be assigned to this? This is just such a waste of my energy and resources. It's like, you know, let me tell you a little story. I, my now fiance, right? We used to work together and I was so crippled with fear about telling HR about our relationship because I thought it was a quote conflict of interest. And I end up telling the HR lady and she's like, I don't care. I feel like that's what UMass was saying. UMass is like, guys, 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 we're doing this. And the NCAA is like, we don't care. But we did find this. Well, let me jump on ahead. that one. Yeah, right here. So yeah. it would be like to take that to take that story there, Sue. It would be like you going to HR and saying, "Hey, I went out to dinner and had a few drinks with this person that I've been dating for a while." And then that person says, "You know what? I don't care about you dating this person, but were you just drinking? Did you just admit to drinking on the job on the company time? And then you get in trouble for that." That's the exact thing that happened in this case. Oh, that's uh, wonderful. That's great. Did, Shark, did you read the actual where all this the money actually came from? No. Why? Even, so I it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't even scholarship checks that were accidentally cut out. It's that they received a higher housing stipend when they moved to lower or less expensive off-campus housing. And then they did they got their telecom fee waived. Be, at, because even though they didn't live on campus, I, mean, I, I, I don't <laughs> want to. Like, oh, and to make it worse, one of the athletes received both of these benefits. Yeah, so this is like a mob operation. It sounds exactly like what a mob would do, where they go and they take lower housing, lower income housing, and for whatever reason, they get lower taxes to work it up, and then they resell it at something else. I mean, they, this is exactly what it sounds like. So. Uh, be better I guess. To, to make this even better and kind of exactly what you were saying is the players didn't even realize the NCA determined the players didn't even realize they were receiving benefits. Where, what's so the couldn't compliance even take advantage guy? of it? Yeah. What's no. the compliance guy doing? Over there? <laughs> you know? So like the players didn't even realize they were receiving benefits and they still had to vacate all their wins. Like we said, man, Billy Preston's driving around in a Porsche or whatever the hell it was, crashing that into mailboxes on Kansas' campus. We'll, we'll slap on the wrist there. But, I mean, let me let me real quick shoehorn one more theater reference here before we move on. You guys ever seen Inside Man? Spike Lee? Denzel Washington? Clive Owen? I think I have. Honestly, I might have. Every Denzel movie like that is kind of the same to me. So there's another one that came out right around that same time. But finish your point. I'm sorry. Great theater, heist movie, uh, or you can make it a detective movie, which whichever way you want to look at it. But this is exactly what the, the, 
you know, the main character, Clive Owen, is the one in Mexico? About. Hold on. Is it no. in Mexico? When he, no, the New, one York, New York City. <laughs> when does he go to Mexico and he's like kidnapping someone, someone's daughter gets kidnapped. Is that man on fire? That's man on fire. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, but inside man here, Clive Owen's character, Dalton Russell, robs a bank because the bank owner way back when did uh did business with the Nazis, and that's how he gained his wealth. And so Clive Owen's like these big time guys, the bigger the crime, the less likely it is that they get fucked. Whereas the small crimes, they're the ones that are paying the highest punishment, or at least they're being brought to justice for sure. And that's just how I feel. Like when I was reading this UMass story, I was like, UMass is Dalton Russell. He Clive Owen, right? Um, it's just, or if you haven't watched this, watch bad boy billionaires, uh, three stories of these Indian billionaires on Netflix. That's great theater. These guys are just complete con artists. Uh, and they're barely paying any price right now, but just watch that. Your boys. I will watch that. Uh, okay. Let's move on to our last topic before we round it out with hugs, fellas, Rothstein. Uh, I think it was last week or maybe a couple weeks ago, published an article basically saying that these are five teams that he thinks will be vastly improved this upcoming year. One North Carolina. I mean, how could you be any worse, especially with that talent coaching? Um, he actually said UMass would be better. Uh, Nebraska, Fred Hoiberg's team, Miami and South Florida. I want to open it up to you. Shark. Do you agree with any of these? Do you disagree? Were there some teams that have sort of caught your eye here in the preliminary stages of your scouting for the upcoming season? So I can't even, I can't speak to South Florida. Rothstein's dug a little deeper on that one right there. So I'm not sure how he he made them, put them on the list. I do think UMass is going to be relatively good. I know we just spent a lot of time on them, but they did sneak up a few of those Wichita State transfers. I know they came from a very strong coach program uh, that coaches them up well and pushes them hard and gets the best out of them. So I'm, I'm sure I think the one that they got was um, Noah Fernandez. So hopefully that works out for them. But yeah, I mean, they got they return most of their scorers, the one being um, Mitchell Weeks and Carl Pierre. So they, they should be able to be there, but I don't know if it's a tournament team just yet. It just seems like kind of an obscure list. I mean, I guess it's like teams that are going to be vastly improved. Um, I don't know why he didn't include Tennessee on there. Tennessee didn't make the tournament, and I legitimately think Tennessee can win the national championship this year. So, I mean, I think that would be a vast improvement. So I was a little offended that Rothstein didn't do that, but he's this kind of just plays into his niche where he's got a weird brain and we'll just dump it all out there. For what it's worth, his previous article from last week, which is five teams on the rise, which could probably be construed as the same exact thing as vast improved. Tennessee oh, was on yeah, that so list. I guess, I guess I had a different definition or interpretation. Yeah, of yeah, I, so his, his list for that was UConn, Texas, St. Louis, and Tennessee, along with Georgia tech. Well, um, I, know, I, I mean, I get, if I were to guess, I think that the, on the rise is like established teams that are probably going to make the tournament. Sure. Whereas these guys are the ones that I just listed are like, what is the percentage of increase in wins? Because UNC and South Florida, what do they have? Like 12 wins combined last year. They were awful. Yeah, pretty much. You know, one team that I, I think could probably go on to either of these lists, I'm not sure which one would be uh, preferable, uh, but is UCLA, as much as I hate to say that. Um, you know, since Mick Cronin got there, it's essentially like the Salt Lake City Airport, completely rebuilt, whole new terminal, not even using any part of of the terminal that was previously there. You should and, pitch that to Rocky and see if he wants to supplant a few good men. Parallel no problem. That he always made. No problem. Uh, they would have been even better if uh, Dacian Nix, he was one of those guys uh, that went to the G League uh, as a freshman rather than being uh, going to UCLA. I say that not only because he was he arguably the best point guard in the country in high school, but he's also from Fairbanks, Alaska. So got to just literally grasp at anything that we can up there in terms of basketball. But they're going to be probably the favorite twin, the Pac-12. This year, if not, they're probably going to be one of the top two or three teams. Um, but yeah, that roster is pretty much completely rebuilt outside of, say, like Tiger Campbell. Um, and they, what, about Arizona, what about Arizona State? Aren't they still going to be good? Yeah, but they're not completely rebuilt necessarily. Oh, was kind yeah. of the, was the point. So, um, yeah, they 
Didn't UCLA win like 15 straight games last year? They, I'm just saying from when, if we're talking about a team on the rise versus a team that we're – whatever. These, these Roth <laughs> brackets have got me screwed up over here. There's so much yeah, criteria. UCLA, I just remember vividly that UCLA-USC game being a huge game because UCLA kept winning. But they lost. So I would say they, they were, were on the, the still on the bubble. Yeah, but they were on the rise last year, so they would be on this rostering list last year. I would say right, right now okay. they're expected to be good. You know so I mean? they okay. they finished nineteen and twelve last year. So they're kind of that. Yeah, man. Well, but Rothstein doesn't have UCLA on this list. I'm this just saying just that, that I'm just it, saying that could have been a team that like really would be propelled because that's a team that probably could be like a 28 team win this season versus like a 19 team win last year. So, I mean, what yeah. that's very loose definitions. Like, okay, so it's cold outside. What does that mean to you? Well, what does that mean to you? Or you know, what whatever. Okay, they're going to be better this year than they were last year. Is the only point that I'm making. Yeah, but that's so. this. That's this. That's an overlap of both lists. So one that's team. That's why I'm saying that it could have been on either of these lists. Oh, I, I just think we got to roll. So this week is shitty teams that are going to be okay this year, and last week is okay teams that are going to be great. <laughs> so for that's what it's I'm, worth, yeah, no, I, I, I'm okay with that. But for what it's worth, in my notes, I do have UCLA as well. But thankfully, Taylor, you know, exposed his ass first, so you know we can delete that part also. But uh, one of your boys, your boys from last year, I think Purdue's going to be much improved, sort of an addition by subtraction sort of deal. Uh, Matt Painter seems to be out for blood with a couple of these transfers leaving. He's not very thrilled with them. I think Nogel Eastern transferred, also Harms, who we discussed a couple of weeks ago. Texas, I think, is going to be pretty damn good, and I think they're going to challenge for that Big 12 title uh, with Texas Tech and also Kansas, but yeah, probably uh, a Texas Tech, I I will give the benefit of the doubt in terms of toughness to Chris Beard's team. I don't think they're going to shit themselves against Kansas. Texas absolutely could, uh, but it's a huge prove it year for Shaka. I feel like I've been saying that the past couple of years, but he's still there. Texas, I think, is going to be uh, vastly improved. And then West Virginia, the past two years, West Virginia has been completely dormant uh, under Bob Huggins, but I think that can't last for more more than another year, I think they're going to be back to to where they belong, which I think is probably a top six seed come tournament time next year. The only thing I was going to, I was going to say Texas too, and I was going to bring up Andrew Jones specifically. Uh, now, kind of having a, some full healthy years in the program was a very highly sought after recruit, uh, cancer or survived cancer, and then now is uh, back fully in the fold in the program. He not that he wasn't last year, but now he's, that he's got that kind of full healthy year under him he should be leading that texas team to a vastly improved year i would imagine as well i want to say indiana also but i just feel like we've been saying that the past four years or so and i just have to see it like this is one of those deals where i'm not gonna go put myself out there for indiana because they just burn you every single time uh you just gotta see if archie can put together like a good 16 game stretch where he goes like 12 and 4 13 and three. That's what I need to see from Indiana uh, before I say that they're going to be improved. So those are some of my team shark. Were there anyone else that, that you wanted to touch base on? Or are you good? I just have such a difficult time forecasting who can be good and who can be bad because we don't have a freaking real schedule. You know what I mean? So it's like, you're going to just, all these big 10 teams are going to have big 10 records and all it's going to look so different this year. So I'm having a hard time. I like just thinking about what I saw last year, teams that are returning a decent amount and were talented. So I like Creighton a lot last year because Zagorowski is going to be back. I know that Tyshawn Alexander is gone, but um, Zagorowski is a phenomenal college basketball player. I like them. And then when I go out to the pack, I, I just like the way that Arizona State played. They kind of lit up the scoreboard when they had to, and I like Bobby Hurley as a coach. So if I'm picking people from random conferences, I would go SEC, uh, Tennessee. Um, in the ACC, a team that was kind of down last year that will probably be much better is Virginia. I know they won the title two years ago, but this year they're going to be getting one of the Hauser brothers in, and he's just the perfect Virginia basketball player. Uh, and then if I go to the Big Ten, I, I'm okay with Indiana if you want to make that pick. Um, but I always like Wisconsin, so that's where I'll hitch my wagon to. And then pack, on, I like Arizona State to be like an actually good team. I like that. Uh, you know, to your point, there is no schedule like you had mentioned. But what do we always say, Shark? 
gotta play hurt. Yeah, we do gotta play hurt. I'm playing hurt. I'm playing hurt right now. All right, let's let's get you to the bench and found and figure it out uh, and 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 round it out with hugs. I should say, Taylor, I'll kick it to you first. Any hugs tonight? Thank God. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have a hug for uh, Alabama freshman Alex Chico or Chico 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 Chico. Uh, he was one know. of Alabama's. Yeah, he was one of Alabama's uh, top recruits coming in this year, in really one of the top recruiting classes in the country. Uh, which you don't expect from Alabama all the time. And Nate Oates, actually, to further that thought, six of the top 12 recruiting classes in the country for this coming year were SEC schools, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but he tore his Achilles this last week. He was supposed to be a, a, a pretty big contributor for a team that probably should finish in the top half of the SEC this year. He was about the 35th best recruit in the country, um, which for some schools ahead of him is is kind of like an average guy to be at school. But for Alabama to pull in that many top recruits, they had kind of a bright season in front of them. Still might, despite losing Kira Lewis Jr., but losing a, a freshman big man that that's highly touted uh, should be uh, tough to replace for them. Yeah. Shark, any hugs? I'll give it to Vegas because the NCAA is going to have an opening round there in the tournament, I think, in two years. So two, two and a half years, uh, 2023, they're going to put a regional there, which will just be absurd. But I'll I'll throw a hug for that. You know, let's make I'm normally a fan of putting those regional matchups in cities that you would never otherwise go. So like a nice weekend round in Omaha or Toledo or something like that, where if your team's playing, you go into that city, you invade, you ransack it, you sack that city pretty much, then you get out and you just leave it for, you know, leave it 30 up on the bed over there um, and you get the hell out of Dodge. But I like the idea of doing it for Vegas too, because that'll be fun as well. In two years time, is this the redemption game for McCarran Airport? Hmm. If you end up going there. That's a good question. I mean, that's probably a realistic timeline on when I'll be back. Um, it all It's all team-driven. You know, at that point, Tennessee will probably be fresh off the title. Uh, Rick Barnes will be grooming his successor, Kim English. You know, everything's going to be in line. Tennessee's going to make the full transfer from a football to a basketball school. The football team uh, will be fresh off of a, a Super Bowl victory with Sam Ellinger leading them to a title. That's, that's my guy. I want the football team to draft Sam Ellinger. Oh, the football team. Sorry, I was confused. Yeah. I thought I, know, I, 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 I am just rambling right now. So, so it, it, hold on. let me let me interject about Vegas here real quick. So they might. This is call. what the this is what the football team needs here, though. Is, is this kind of uh, kind of pro- projecting forward because Vegas might replace uh, New Orleans as the Super Bowl host in 2024 uh, because they have some Mardi Gras. Uh, scheduling issues. Yeah, I saw so, that. We're, I, like Mardi Gras in like a four week stretch in February every single year. You don't. Yeah, think that's what I was like. This isn't like a new like, thing that was right. What the hell's but, going on? But so that's if if you project the four years out for the Washington football team, get a good draft coming in this year. Maybe a logo. Maybe Kristen will still be working there. Then she can sell you some Super Bowl tickets. Maybe that's your next time at at, at Yeah. We'll do the we'll do the Fred Smoot tailgate outside the Westgate Superbook right there. You know, maybe. Hold Gosh. on, actually, let me dive in one more time. Have you guys seen this new sports book that's opening in Vegas this week? Circa. I have not, no. We should be sponsored by them now that I'm plugging them. It's a fully outdoor pool party with a hundred and sixty foot screen sports book. So see, let me let me tell you something. This is like when you tore an apartment building or a condo and they go crazy on the amenities or the shared spaces like the gym or the grills and all that stuff. And you're like, how, like this is all gr- nice and great, but how often am I actually going to use, like, is that something that appeals to me? If I'm going to Vegas to watch sports, I don't want to be in a pool. I really don't. I want to be in a comfy ass chair with beers readily available <laughs> and not wet. I just like, that's, you're in a cabana, you're, you're in a cabana by the pool. I don't want to be you by the pool. There's too many people. It's too loud. It's too flashy. I'm going to agree with Soup here. It's like going, wow. you, it, it's not about the experience. It's about being able to experience. You understand what I'm trying to say right there? Wow. I mean, that's soc- <laughs> soccer keys. Wait, so- Is that soccer? Put that, uh, can you, can you put that, uh, uh, I'm not asking you to splice anything in, but it's not about the experience. It's about 
experience. Well, no. The, do, abil- the, the ability <laughs> to experience. I don't think that's what I said, but that's a good, <laughs> that's a good revision. Well, I, I mean, it, it's all caught. It's a, yeah, you got it. So put that quote, you know, put the, you know, you know maybe pump up that quote a little bit right there. That was all right. Good. I can do that. So the, the the whole point, though, that I'm making, Taylor, is a couple of years ago when we went for the Sweet 16, we were able to do so in absurd velour jumpsuits. I'd rather be in those comfy ass, very stretchy fat pants than you know in 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 my trunks, worrying about my beer gut, drinking drinking all these beers and but, watching TV. But if you're in Vegas for like a March Madness, for example, for the regional, you could go like to it one day. You could go to the pool party sports book one day. You could go in velour suits for one day. You know, I mean, it's not like you only have to be there. Yeah, I need you do do have like you you have to be there. You have to watch those games. It's not about no, no, no. It's not you have you don't have to be at the pool sports book. It's like the classic. What you're bringing up is, and you're kind of revealing yourself to be one of these people, and it's not good. But (laughs) it's like the people that have to go out to watch a sports game and be seen at the bar, and I'm going to watch the I'm going to watch the game at the bar because everyone's going to be there. Versus the people that you know get down in a three point stance in their living room and you know are on the verge of breakdowns in the middle of McCarran Airport watching it in their living room. That's the difference that I'm talking about. When you go to Vegas, you want to be able to strictly, if I'm going to be outside, it's got to be coming to be like soup said, nice chair service, great uh, TV setup, everything that you want right there versus, you know, frills. You want the frills. You see, I like to be able to be the chameleon that could, that can have the ability to experience in all three of those situations there. Also, I don't, I can't believe I'm just bringing this up now. I will be in Vegas next week. So when I land at McCarran, I'll see if there's like a comment box and I can maybe put one in there yeah. for you. Need so a full I'll, review. I'll, gi- I'll give you a review of just Vegas in general. Uh, you don't even, you don't in, even need in, to in COVID times, I guess you don't even need to leave like a comment or a suggestion box. Literally just play it over the loudspeakers or play it to the nearest representative. The first five minutes or show or so of, of this show. That's <laughs> okay. all you got to do with the shark. I'm uh, on it. Let me finish it up here with hugs real quick. Last week I gave a hug to the barn guys because of the Braves. I also want to give them the same hug, except, you know, coming from a different spot. Uh, Atlanta Braves eliminated hug for the Atlanta fans as well. Just absolutely torturous uh, fan fanhood for them. Uh, Braves blowing a three, one lead. Also want to give a hug to beloved Minneapolis star tribune sports journalist, uh, Sid Hartman passed away at a hundred years old. Hell of a life, full, full life hug for him. And then lastly, Yale's Paul Atkinson, the Ivy League co-player of the year, is transferring in the spring. So a big blow for Yale, obviously, and he plans to graduate in, uh, first and then transfer in the spring. So a couple of hugs there for everyone and hug for you. Thank you for listening. We will catch you next time here on Theater and College Hoops. <laughs> Choppy track. That was the moment she brought the world together. Right now, all I gotta do is show my love back.
Manhattan, blotting them off the party in the ghost. Sorry of a Maharani. She makes the high tech flavors with the size of years. She got me from the skyscrapers of the Himalayas. Forget them fake plays. She needs a pioneer who's been climbing up them hills since back in the years and got the shares in the shares with their hands in the air, shaking their bodies at the party like they really don't care. Recognized everywhere, underground dance floors and got it all locked down like the Koi Nord. Imitated by them clowns and beat Jordan who don't understand the sound or the way forward. We was born and raised in different ways, old and different times and different sides. But we came together, cause in this jungle, seems like it's the only way to survive. survive.